Hey everybody, Will Houck here with the Roots Rednecks and Radicals radio show and podcast. And thanks for tuning in to this special episode with the Mother Hips. Before we get to the Mother Hips, got a couple things I wanted to let you know about. First off, I launched my own Patreon. Uh, Patreon is this really cool uh, uh, way to connect with, uh, w- with people, with people who create uh, podcast creators and things like that uh, with their fans. And um, uh, it's a way for you to get some uh, behind the scenes content and and access to things that we do uh, here on the show. So um, uh, pictures, videos, audio recordings, uh, extra clips. I'm going to post uh, um, the, the the Zoom uh, sessions uh, when I talk to um, uh, artists and, and, and um, uh, record those conversations. Uh, do some shout outs on the podcast, on my radio show as well. If you've never listened to my radio show, you can tune in on uh, Wednesday nights on KNBC.org. It streams live. And uh, I, I've been going back live in the studio uh, to do that. So uh, things like that just different ways for me to connect with you guys and uh i'll take requests as well if there's something special you want to do um uh, just let me know and um yeah build a little community around that i've been doing the show for four years now and um, i've been loving every minute of it uh but i have some um, um, ideas for expanding things and doing some new stuff and whatnot and so um yeah i just wanted to, to offer that so check out go to patreon.com uh, search up roots rednecks and radicals or you can just google that search it up uh, on the internet i have a link on my uh, show's um uh, link tree on the, on the Instagram. If you go to my, my bio, there's a little thing that says link tree. You click on that. Got a bunch of different links going there. So there you go. Check it out. I'm super excited to share this stuff with you. So that is that. Now let's get to this week's episode. For over 30 years, the Mother Hips have been making music and touring. Originally from Chico, California, the group has developed a sound that is truly their own. In 2021, they released an album called glowing lantern which incorporates their vast influences their rootsy 70s rock sound is reminiscent of groups like the band and they developed their own blend of california rock and soul i had a chance to chat with greg about their most recent release their upcoming show in lake tahoe and i hope you dig it so here you go here's my conversation with greg from the mother hips cool cool all right so um yeah, since uh, things have been just kind of slowly reopening and, and everyone's out back touring and uh, you just came off a run of shows uh, just recently, I was just kind of uh, wondering how things have been out on the road and how shows have been going and all that kind of stuff since um, uh, things are kind of easing up with COVID and all that. Uh, yeah, the, things have been going pretty well, you know, we're walking with a little more caution and, um, you know, we we, uh, we just played some shows this weekend and um a couple down in southern california and the central coast and then a private um party that was up here in marin county um a couple weeks before we were supposed to play in san francisco and that had to get rescheduled because a member of the band uh contracted covid so it's still um you know we're still just taking it show by show really i think everybody is uh, but it certainly feels nice to be playing and, and uh, to see people out enjoying music and, and for us to get to, to be able to work is, is huge. Absolutely. How, how, have the, how have the, uh, um, the, the, the response from the crowd been, uh, since you've been playing again? Great. I mean, everybody that's coming to the shows is just so excited to, to be out again and, and, uh, and that, that energy is still there, even though we've we've been playing shows for for a while now. We really started kind of getting back into it a little bit over the s- summer, 
And then things ramped up again with these waves. You kind of ride these waves and it slowed down again. And then the fall we were doing, trying to do as many outdoor shows as possible. And then when the win- winter came around, we did like our, our uh, holiday shows that we do at the Great American Music Hall every year, the annual shows. And then that was kind of the right at the beginning of the next wave. And then we you know, we had some shows in January that got uh, postponed because uh, there was a festival in Mexico and there's some stuff that that dropped off uh, because of that wave. And then we then we're kind of riding it out now and we're just seeing seeing what's going to happen. So it's it's very uh, we're just taking it as it as it comes, you know. Yeah, everything is tentative. It feels like right now, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the the most recent record that you have um, have out came out in twenty twenty one. It's called Glowing Lantern, and um, I thought it was interesting um, when I was reading about um, the the writing of the album. How much um, the connection to to nature and the outdoors um, uh, was was uh, connected to the album. And I was wondering if you could talk maybe a little bit about um, the songwriting process and the recording and 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 that kind of about the album. Um, yeah, the, you know, I'm not sure what, um, what I can say about it. I mean, a couple of the things that stand out, um, is that, uh, Tim and I work, we had time to, to collaborate more than normal on the songwriting. A lot of times it would be, uh, I'd bring something in, he'd bring something in. We'd be kind of coming from two different things, whether I was with my family or he was, you know, out with another group or I was. And so this was a, um, more collaborative in the writing process and some of the writing and, and sort of creating of the, of the songs we did were happened to be in the outdoors while we were walking around and hiking and stuff, because that's how we would meet. And that was still in, you know, 2020 and people weren't really going into each other's houses at that point. So we'd go out and meet outside. And, and uh, so I guess that, that influenced it. Um, but, you know, it, it's not incredibly different than how we, how we write normally i think i think the main thing is just going a little deeper into the collaboration and really like from the from the beginning of it rather than here's this thing i have and then get tim's input on it and or vice versa um really starting from from scratch together was um more so than we've done in a long time yeah so do you guys normally um uh, I mean, it, does you kind of go back and forth between having songs written that you bring to the table or um, versus um, uh, sitting down together and writing a song together? It, is there, it, it, how, how does that normally work for the band? Well, in the, before Glowing Lantern, uh, you know, I'd say most of the albums before Glowing Lantern, it'd be more like, here's a Greg song that he brought in. Here's a Tim song that he brought in. And, and we'd sort of, develop them in the studio together sometimes a little bit before um the first few albums i think were more collaborative we were living together so we were playing and we were just living and breathing music all the time so we would um come up with parts and be working on songs throughout the night and when we would wake up in the morning or afternoon and um so yeah Gotcha. Yeah. I just find that the, the songwriting uh, process really interesting and in how bands do things differently and, and kind of morph and change over time and whatnot. Yeah. And there's, there's always been, you know, this, this album it was similar for this and uh, album. There's been times where we'll have two um, songs that are, that we both have that are pretty much done 
and maybe in the same key or have a same similar tempo and we just kind of wedge them together so that some of our songs have or have like these different sections and it's because because of that we're like oh th this would be good together and it's a way that we've sort of developed our own sound i think in having you know there's some tempo changes that we do or different different atmospheres that we in places that we take a song in, in, in the same song you know yeah, so I really like the song Looking at Long Days and especially the guitar tones in that song. It has some real gritty, overdrivey, bluesy, cool guitar stuff going on. And I was wondering if you could just talk about that one just a little bit. Uh, yeah, Looking at Long Days was was a fun one. Um, and that was a, that was a kind of a, uh, a good ver uh, a good example of how we co collaborated. I had the sort of main riff figure and it sounded i remember when i came up with that i was like this is definitely a good hips you know this is for the mother hips because i'll be writing and sometimes thinking about solo stuff that i do other projects that i work on and um and that was one of the first ones that i i showed tim my part and then he's like oh i think i have a, a verse thing that i was messing with um and it was the the verses and the chorus and we sort of wedged those those things together just like i was talking about sort of two different song ideas started by us individually that we melded together and and then there's let's see a, a good example too of where in the chorus there's a counter melody which um i'm singing a different set of words at the same time so that's actually a really nice version of a sort of a, a mind meld um song on that album that you picked out yeah so um and that's a fun one that that one's um uh entered into the live set and we've been playing that um pretty much every night or most nights um it's interesting not not every song from an album will make the live set just because you know you have those sort of mellow sleepy songs that are some of our favorites the real pretty slower ones um and if we're playing a rock show, it's hard to hard to fit those ones in. If we're doing, if Tim and I are doing acoustic duo set, or if the band sometimes plays as a um, as a uh, like an acoustic format, so John will be playing drums and Brian's playing bass, and Tim and I are playing acoustic guitars. It's a mm -hmm. seated kind of venue. Right. Um, then some of those songs will show up, but a lot of times they kind of get left in the lurches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got to get that that energy going for the live crowd. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, um, I was wondering too about I'm, I'm a guitar player and I, I like guitar tone. And, oh, nice. Uh, I'm really um, I, always kind of fascinated by different tones. I really love the overdrive distortion uh, kind of sounds that you guys have got on that one. But I was wondering about you guys' setups, like uh, guitars and amps. What was kind of your main uh, rig? Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think on that song in particular. I think I was playing... I think I, you know, I was playing um, uh, a guitar that I'd recently been given. It's called uh, the Paul. It's a, it's a like Les Paul from like I think it's a 1979. It's walnut, and it sort of was a was a Les Paul that you could get at an affordable rate at the time. Um, now they're you know now they're not so cheap you know, but then you could you know get them for. 300 400 bucks or something but they've got pick they've got the dirty finger pickups in them and it's got a killer tone it's it's thinner um it's it's walnut um all the um 
the details are much simpler. There's, it's not ornate in any way. There's no binding or anything like that. Um, and so I, and that was a new guitar. A, a friend of mine had, had, um, given me that guitar and, and, um, that was the first time I played in the studio. I just, it was, it was, he'd recently given it to me and I plugged it in. It sounded great, put new strings on it and recorded with it. Um, and I'm using, uh, my fat Jimmy amp, which is a 20 watt, kind of like a deluxe, um, amp that I use live and in the studio all the time. Fat, fat Jimmy, that company is Mike Pascal who lives up in here in the North Bay, uh, of San Francisco and he's been building amps. He used to work on all our fenders and then he started his own amp company and he's he's got amps all over the place, you know, different touring acts. He's, he's done really well and made, makes great stuff. And I think I, I, in, in at some point of the song, I'm, I, there's a fuzz pedal that gets turned on. So yeah, I get, that song gets pretty, as I'm, as I'm thinking about it, it gets pretty nasty. There's some good guitar tones in that. And then also I have my echoplex going. It's kind of got that slap echo. Yeah, so that was fun. I played around with that guitar and of course my Telecaster and, and my Epiphone Casino on that album. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good. So those little, those combo amps are kind of like a, like, a, like a deluxe reverb kind of a deal, like a little combo. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. tw 20 watt combo uh 112 but it's got a lot of power it's really loud <laughs> it's, it seems to be louder than a, a, a normal deluxes is model after like a black face deluxe kind yeah of. So, i got i got one of those sitting right next to me actually i got a 66 blackface oh yeah great <laughs> i love those amps i got it in high school for uh, i bought it for 100 bucks from a buddy who didn't know what it was Oh yeah. man. I didn't know what it was either. So <laughs> Yeah. And you still have it. Still yeah. Have it. That's, that's the kind of amp you would, you know, even if you didn't know it was super valuable, it's such a great amp and a good size mm -hmm. that, you know, it's no surprise that you held on to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Well, I really, speaking of those um, kind of slower, um, more sleepy songs, I really enjoyed um, nature's twisting heart. And um, I was wondering if you could just uh, maybe talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, uh, that that one is was one that I had pretty much done before we went in. It was one of the ones that I brought to the table that was kind of already. I actually I had already done a recording of it. Um, I wasn't super happy with the whole thing, um, and um, we made some amendments to it once we brought it into the studio. Uh, but yeah, that, that song was, um, uh, yeah, I like that one. I like that one a lot. There was, I was driving home from a, from a memorial that, um, a friend of my wife, a friend of my wife's had a memorial for her mother. I didn't, I knew the friend just a little bit and I didn't know the mom at all, but the, the lady had, um, made a movie it was part of her that her, her mother had passed away maybe a year or two before and she had part in part of her sort of grieving process she made a movie about her relationship with her mom and it was this documentary so we went up to this house in fairfax and and uh and it was kind of a heavy you know it, it was it was cool it was very it wasn't sad because it was it had been some time and she was expressing um it was very touching 
but it was, it was there was some levity to it because there was this art around it and there'd been some time to heal and all this um, this uh, emotion and I was more of an observer because I didn't really know anybody I just went to you know we went to be in support and to watch the piece of art that the this person had made and we were driving home um, and it was on this windy hill. So there was a van and there was a driver taking people up and down the hill because people can park up on that hill. So we're driving down the hill and it's in, up in, in Fairfax and I was, the sun was starting to set through the trees and, and I just had one of those, uh, it, you know, I, it, it was a, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of a transcendent moment where, um, you know, I'd been in a place of sort of hearing about this experience. It was really heavy. And then seeing the sunset going through these trees. And, and that's kind of, I went home and wrote down those lyrics. Um, they're a little esoteric, but they're really about in, impermanence and watching things, you know, wanting, wanting nature being just going to do whatever it's going to do, whether, whether you want it to or not. And just, and, uh, and watching it happen and, and, you know, kind of wanting to be more like that other than holding on to things so tightly. It seem, you seem kind of um, empathetic in your, in your songwriting. Do you get a lot of songs from um, observing and, and uh, kind of um, uh, seeing situations and trying to kind of contextualize that? I think so. I think there, there's, there's definitely a part of that, you know, uh, um, it's always like, psychology and, and interpersonal relationships have always been fascinating to me. Not so much of like, you know, boy likes girl, boy gets girl stuff, but a little more, you know, a little, little deeper. Although those, those songs are fun too, you know, a good old fashioned love song. Um, but yeah, I would say that I, I pay attention to that stuff a lot. I work in, in the field of, uh, you know, mental health and addiction as well when I'm not on the roads. So that's on my mind a lot. So it, it, I can't help but to sort of integrate that into my songwriting, I think. Absolutely. Are, are, are you a psychologist or what, what do you do in that field? No, I'm a, a addiction counselor. I, I do work at a, a variety of treatment centers around the area actually do a music group specifically now i've been doing that for a while but i've i've been doing a lot of a lot of different work at treatment centers for a while but specifically a, a music group so it's nice because pretty much every aspect of my life whether it's touring or doing addiction work or um producing writing recording it all has something to do with music so yeah yeah <laughs> that suits me fine yeah Absolutely. I've, I've been doing some reading about, um, there's a group that I think it's called backline or something like that, that, um, does something similar, um, works with, um, uh, linking musicians with, uh, uh, mental health providers. Yeah, actually just was on a call with, with them recently and offered, um, I th think I just got accepted into their, um, you know, any, anybody who's doing that kind of work, whether you're a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, doctor, um, and, and also, uh, any, I think, yoga teachers and any any sort of any nutritionists, um, you can get in there, register so that people can call you if you if, if they need help. Ideally, I've worked with a lot of musicians, obviously, because that's been in that field for a while to help people out in that way. So um, Jason Crosby is good friends with 
with um, the people who founded Backline and he put me in touch with them and um, I was able to um, connect with them. So my, my name is a, a resource in their, in their database. Well, you guys are playing up at Tahoe uh, next month at the Crystal Bay Club, and um, you guys kind of kind of from the region, from the area, and whatnot. Um, have you played uh, that that venue much much before? Yeah, yeah, we've played the the Crystal Ballroom um, or Crystal Bay yeah. um, many times. Awesome, awesome room, great venue, big, nice, big space. The um, sound system is always killer there. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's been, been a while since we've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like I, I hear your name come up around this area quite a bit. And that is, that's one of my favorite venues in this area. It's, it's a cool one. Absolutely. So, um, you got any, um, uh, uh upcoming projects? Are you guys going to be hitting the road, um, pretty soon? Do you got any more uh, recordings uh, coming up and things like that? Yeah, we've been quite busy. So, um, the mother hips went into the studio, in november a studio in santa fe called kitchen sink um, run by run and owned by john Owen manson and we have a new album that we're actually finished pretty much finished with turning into mastering today so that'll be a um a whole new mother hips album coming out at the end of the year um so that's super exciting and that was also another um huge collaborative uh project between tim and i and then the band um but we we had the opportunity to get into the studio right away after doing glowing lantern which we usually don't have the time to do that but because we had time and we had the resource via the label um we booked the time and as the time was coming closer we were like oh we need we need to make some new songs so so we did and uh, yeah so that there's that and um i have um, a, a new solo record that's coming out in august that i'm excited about um recorded it up in occidental which is north of here um at a studio and um if that comes yeah that comes out august 12th but there's there's a single that comes out on may 20th the first single of the song of the album will come out um right before we we have our our shows um in big sur the hypnic festival that we, we do may 20th 21st and 22nd of this year so it'll be fun and my solo band plays on sunday so it'll be fun to have a single out during that time and i've been um we're doing some production work with some bands so yeah, staying staying really busy. Lots of music happening. Fantastic. And were the recordings uh, in those those studios were that were they pretty traditional? Like the whole band gets to go in and record together and all that kind of stuff. With the mother hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was. Um, we pretty much tracked everything live. Not not the the vocals, um, but two guitars, bass, drums, and piano. Danny Eisenberg was playing piano live with us the whole time so um yeah and that we didn't do it and we did a lot of vocal overdubs tim and i did a lot of singing and um added some guitars and a little bit of keys keyboards and like synthesizer stuff afterwards and some percussion but there wasn't a ton of overdubs on this one it's pretty we, we got what we wanted we got a lot of what we wanted 
um, in the tracking session, which is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Just interesting over the last couple of years, so much stuff has been to be distanced and sending files back and forth or, you know, some people went in the studio, some people did. It was just kind of interesting to hear like how people get to record nowadays. Yeah. I, I mean, with my, the solo album I did, there was a lot of that, you know, I had, um, I, I did stuff, I did the vocals here at my house and I had, you know, a horn player that lived in, LA do horns and had um, a percussion player and background vocalist who lives in Oakland, send me files, uh, Vicki Randall. So for, for a lot of the projects that I work on, there's a lot of remote files being sent around for sure, especially in 20. 20 that was a lot of that (laughs) absolutely yeah it's fascinating to me how good it can sound like it i mean Ah. there's a part of my brain that's just like oh if you're sending files it's never going to sound cohesive but i've listened to so many records where people are doing that and it just i'm like you never know it it, it's really impressive yeah i mean it it's it's pretty remarkable how how um how it holds up and it's great so it makes things things really easy. However, it's really great when you can get the core band, um, you get when you can get as many instruments playing live as possible. I really like that. If I'm producing an album or if I'm recording the album myself, I try to get as many people that are, that would be playing on the album, playing all at once. Um, so to me, for the kind of music that I like to make and, um, that's usually the best. And there's, there's certain songs I do that are fine with building them up from scratch or it's more acoustic based or more electronic based. But for the most part, if it's a band that's, and, and they're good enough, let's get them in, let's play live and then take it from there. And then whatever you, whatever arrangement stuff you hear later. And sometimes, you know, on uh, glowing lantern, we, we had, you know, some keys and some pedal steel and stuff that we wanted. But this one was either, I think it was more stripped down. We got, we got most of what we needed, like I said, on the, on the floor. Cool, man. All right. Well, I'm excited to uh, see you guys next month. And, um, uh, are you going to come to the show? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, great. Well, feel free to reach out. We can leave some tickets for you, whatever. If you, unless you already have a, your, press pass or whatever. Yeah, no, that'd be great. And, yeah. um, yeah, the, the, the record sounds fantastic and everything. And, um, yeah, so I just, uh, wish you guys best of luck out there. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the program. All right. Well, thanks to Greg for chatting with me and taking the time to talk about their most recent release and their music. Check them out online and on tour. And while you're at it, uh, check me out as well. You can subscribe to my show uh, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, find me on Instagram and Facebook. Jeff Roots at Next and Radicals. And also uh, look into my newly launched Patreon page as well. Patreon slash Roots Rednecks Radicals. Until next time, everybody, have a good one. There's gonna be some